I haven't had it since we bottled it. This so. is a, Hello. This has been a, a, a real Hello, popular. Wine World. We're at Pride Mountain Vineyards, and we're in, uh, what is this, like the members' lounge, Andy? Or uh, what we We at? call it uh, the, the Thaddeus Bug Suite. Thaddeus Bug Suite yeah. uh, with the owner, Steve Pride. And then we got a, we got a other cast members around the table. We're going to have an informal uh, podcast here. And talk about the beautiful wines at Pride Mountain Vineyard. Oh, Steve, how was the twenty? How is the twenty twenty three growing season going? This year's growing season, yeah, it's it's an unusual year because we started so late. You know, it it was the coldest winter ever. Snow. You know, they told us up. I saw snow at your place too, but they told us at Pride, uh, we were up on a Howe Mountain. They got like three or five inches of snow up there. So oh no, we had more, much more than that. Oh, you there. did? Yeah, more than that. Enough to ski on. I could, I can send you some uh, <laughs> pictures of us skiing and all the tracks left behind in the vineyards uh, from where. That was fun. But the point was though, it was the coldest, wettest in ages and ages, maybe for sure ever in our. 30 years of being up here. So because of that, we started late. It's catching up. You know, things always catch up. You always are worried that it's going to be, oh, we're harvesting in December this year. But it's been a nice summer, good, great growing season. So as always, take it with a grain of salt from the wine grower, dude. But uh, you're always enthusiastic. that ah, This is the perfect combo of you know, just a little bit of shattered fruit set, which is often good for quality, meaning not all, not every single berry set, which is a good thing, and uh, just looks good out there. So everything's healthy. Yeah, we got so we eliminate 2020. We all know that's fire. So 2021, but, but, but eliminated. But what, I still think those suite of 20s are as good as anything if, we've if ever you made. Picked before the fire, we did pick everything. Okay. Well, not everything. We well, picked not, about half of it before the yeah, fire. Sixty percent. So, okay, I got you. And that uh, and well, some, other unusual, have, some other people have told me the same thing. They said if you pick before the gonna, fire, it turned we're out. Taste some 20s. Andy? Yeah, they already had the 20 Merlots, and yeah. then we're going to do some 20. Claret and You'll see. You'll see. They're beautiful wines. Okay. They really are. Very good. Okay. Uh, so, so let's go 21, 22. Okay. Do you compare them to many other, any other years? Yeah. 22, we had a really bad fruit set, but that boded well okay, for so quality. What does that mean to these so, people? So here it just you? means, you know, grapes self-pollinate. And if weird things are happening, like rain, when the the grapes flower, mm -hmm. they don't set all their berries, which means you don't get a, t a lot of fruit, okay. but what you do get tends to be, and I won't get into the technical reasons what goes on. It's kind of interesting. Because but, you but, can, though. What's that? <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but uh, these, these clusters uh, uh -huh. always come out nice in, in that the word that people use when not every berry forms on a grape cluster is shatter and that happens in the springtime when they when they pollinate and mm -hmm. not all the berries set and you get okay i got you. okay so okay. so so that happened in 22 but 22 ended up just the flavors are fantastic mm -hmm. fruit forward so the common theme that we didn't get as much on 19 that we do have on 20 21 22 lots of fruit in the wine which I like I like okay. I like a little fruit presence mm -hmm. in the wine. I, it's more fun when it's a little more showy, flashy. Mm -hmm. When there's some fruit show. Twenty ones. Um, we did use a a bunch of the twenty ones uh, within legal limits in the twenties, just because the twenty was so light because half the crop wasn't harvested because of the fire. 
Um, but uh, we're putting the blends together. We bottled about half the wines and we're about to bottle the other half of the reds. I'm biased. I think they're fantastic, the 21s. They're, they're showy, flashy, beautiful. They have a varietal character. So I think, and I just put it into a newsletter, 20, 21, 22, probably the best three consecutive vintages we've ever had in terms of just flavor and wine quality, really fun wines. A little softer maybe, not, not maybe the most tannic, go back to 2013, a really tannic vintage. It's just now starting to soften enough to enjoy it. But these 20, 21, 22 are, are real pretty, right out of the gate showing beautifully. And, I think that's good to know because yeah. a lot of people that hear fires, they they tend to shy away from 2020 no matter what. Like, sure. uh, I mean, I mean, it all I depends. Think, yeah. you know, it all depends on where, where you're located at exactly. in a sense and how early you pick, blah, blah, blah. So if the question is, in in great growing, as far as um, when you when you're looking at the different types of grape varietals, uh, if if someone likes Cabernet, someone likes Cap Franc, which is my favorite, his favorite, his least favorite grape is Petit Verdot. But because at Pride, you guys like Petit Verdot because of what reason? What does it bring? Petit Verdot always brings a little darkness, a little maybe a floral note, great fruit presence, like a dark boysenberry type root, mm -hmm. but it goes into our cab just to make the cab a little richer and fuller. Not that it needs a lot of <laughs> more richness and fullness, but uh, yeah. Petit Verdot, if you taste it every single vintage over a long time, for sure some years it's like, we could bottle this, this would be a fantastic wine on its own. Other years it's it's maybe just a little too tannic or just a little too just kind of dark and imposing and on its own maybe lacking a little love and joy but in the blends in the blends beautiful what do you love yeah. about viognier oh viognier just the flavors fact, i mean it's, i think it's annie fun. needs to find a bottle that they'll Go find a bottle of viognier there's some back there somewhere we already talked yeah. about that andy we talked about that earlier man <laughs> so here's, here's the problem with viognier for three straight years yeah. 20 21 22 really low yields because of that business of what's going on when the when the grapes are pollinating, Viognier is the first grape out there to start to flower, and we just bad luck, you know. That was when it was raining still in late yeah. spring, early summer. So, twenty three, we actually got a really nice fruit set in the Viognier. It did rain a little bit, but not while Viognier was going. So we're gonna have plenty of twenty three. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other question yeah. I wanted to go yeah, get yeah. to: Why are grape vines so resilient in a sense that you can have fires all over and then the next year it might be bad one year but then the next year the grapes turn out perfectly fine. sure yeah so tell people yeah. why that why that happens well like with fire in particular so we had our fi the fire came right over the top of this because of our fire truck and other fire trucks that were up here we, the buildings didn't catch on fire we didn't burn up but the but the forest burned right up to the vineyards and you think, okay, that's really going to hurt the grapevines. And, and a couple of vines right close to where the fire was the hottest, they died. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, when the fire hit, there was green leaves all over. Some of the, you know, with every row that you got away from where the fire was, you know, the first maybe row burned, the, not burned, but it, it 
it, it dehydrated or something. Yes. It, the leaves went away. Mm -hmm. And then the next row in a little less. And then by the time you're three rows out, they just weren't phased at all. And uh, so, uh, so anyhow, uh, they're there great fire break is, is there a reason for that? Is it because of the moisture? They're filled with of, water. Uh, they, you know? they, yeah, they're filled with water. They're filled with water. They're pretty wet. There's, mm -hmm. you know, sparks would land in the vineyards. You could see where like little fires started and then put themselves out without <laughs> us putting them out. Okay. But but none of the vines actually, you know, a spark, a cinder, never landed on a vine and the vine caught on fire. There, there's a movie, I forget what it was called, <laughs> where all the vineyards catch on fire. And, and you look at that and you say, that that would never happen. <laughs> Total Hollywood. Yeah. Well, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, okay. Total hokey love story thing. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's so you, yeah. You have a you have a change at winemaker. My yeah. friend Sal, my I know you, you were yeah, friends. Sally, it. fantastic. Yeah, I'm still you know, I, too, fantastic. Yeah. You know, Sally and I had a great run. Fifteen years making wines, wow. doing all these changes. We, mm -hmm. we tried over that tenure to 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 tone down kind of the over the top ripeness and and maybe do what we can to calm the tenants down a little bit that we get so much of up here. And I think we were successful. The wines are just a little. I think you made outstanding. Yeah. What, you, well, get, you had two 100-point wines out sure, of a run, yeah. right? Yeah. You're, you say, guys run, yeah. And even the vintages outside of those, mm -hmm. I thought were sometimes even prettier than oh, you know, what the critics thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so it was great. I, yeah. And Sally, God bless her, she wanted to go try something new after 15 years. Yeah. I encouraged her to do so. And so, and then our new guy, yeah, Matt. Talk to me about Matt, Matt. Ward. Yeah, so he was a winemaker. He's late thirties yeah, type yeah. age. Uh, mm -hmm. If you haven't met him, probably you probably haven't I have met not him yet. met him yet. Yeah, no. so he was one of the three associate winemakers at Atelier Melka. Yeah. So is that Philippe? That's Melka? Philippe Melka, yeah. who makes all these different yeah, wines. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've, yeah. I've known him for a, for quite a while. Also. And by the way, so it's really interesting. That 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 well, Philippe Melka. makes big, powerful, over the top oh, wines. You know that. The, I no, mean, yeah, you, yeah, you know. no. But wait. So there's 40 or 50 wineries that they make wines for. And they'll make the wine that their client wants to make. So the most famous ones that get the 100-point scores, yeah, they tend to be like that. And they'll make that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then other owners, other they're all smallish wineries, okay. by the way, that he makes. None of them are very big. But other other wineries will say, hey, no, I want more some more European lean thing. And, and they'll make it in that style, too. And that's where I'm getting at. So Matt, as one of the associate winemakers for – five years in a row, got to make the wines from start to finish on like 40 different wineries in a whole range of styles and a whole bunch of different custom crush facilities. So where I'm getting at is he got so much, he, he received so much wine experience packed into like five, six years. It, it's really a cool place to learn. If you go to work at a really famous single winery, and you make wine for five years, you're going to kind of have five years of similar experience. You're going to have, you could even argue, you know, one year of experience repeated five times if you're, if you're not trying to be careful. Well, well, Matt got like, I don't know, 40 years of experience in every vintage, it seemed like. So. This is only your third winemaker, what, in 40 years? Yeah, yeah. That's 30, 32 30 years. something, yeah. 32, 32 years. years. Okay. We're thirty. Pretty good. Okay, 30. we're drinking the Viognier. Cool. I'll taste that. Um, do so, you? So do you taste it very often? What's that now? Thanks. Okay. 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 Okay.
I, I, 20, 2021. Yeah, 20, 22. Okay. 22 is a little more subdued than maybe we would have liked, but I, I still really think it's pretty. Uh, uh, the 21 was my all-time favorite. And uh, what what inspired you or your dad or whatever that you guys wanted to plant Viognier? Because I mean, you you don't you didn't have to do it. So simple. Um, I married a French lady. <laughs> we got married. We got married in Bone in France. In Bone, yeah. And and after, after the marriage, in mm -hmm. the marriage was I should remember that. Ninety one. I think I got that right. Ninety one, ninety two. Well, you, you uh, help. <laughs> after the marriage, uh -huh. Dad just took a trip with. I think he had a friend with him and my mom and someone else was on the floor. And they went down the Rhone Valley mm -hmm. and they stopped in Condrieu and Condrieu. had lunch and yeah. tasted some Viognier's. Uh -huh. And he's like, wow, you know, I just bought this winery, this property. <laughs> yeah. I want to make this as a white wine. No mm -hmm. one's making, I've never tasted anything like that. So that's why oh. in 92, I guess it was, 92 for sure, was when uh, some really old disease cab Sauvignon vines were pulled out and he planted some uh, Viognier and then we've been growing it ever since. Very good. Very good. So that was that was the origin. Yeah. So I know you make Syrah also from I mean sure. are you well, are you the are, one the one that I and, and uh, we do a, also a Chardonnay where we purchase the fruit from the Cardinalis yeah, area. Yes. Uh, we do also a Chardonnay from our properties. Vintner Select versus mm -hmm. Napa Chardonnay. But uh, Syrah is one where over the years, something that just the Syrah off the property was just really complex and delicious the way I like it with you know, peppery notes and all the fun thing about Syrah. And then others, it was just this big monolithic fruit bomb. And so I said, I wanted to have a more consistently complex Syrah. So about roughly about 50% of our Syrah grapes now are from purchased cool climate sites around Sonoma County to have a more consistent complexity in, in the Syrah. So, so we, that's, you know, the one grape that I, I decided to purchase from outside and we've got probably five different vineyards we buy from. And then the other half is our property, which brings the big mountain darkness and fruit. Have character. you done any experiment with adding a touch of Viognier? To the sure. Syrah? Yeah. From, from a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Has the problem is, is so, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah. Andy, the problem is having enough Viognier exactly. to go from it all the lots. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so there's always this gorgeous Viognier and at the bottom of the vineyard where it's a little cooler and, and a little behind the upper part of this vineyard, I rope off a little section of it every year that we can then bring, because the Viognier will get ripe first and the Syrah will get ripe later. And you can't just harvest the Viognier and let it sit around, you know, as pick clusters they'll they'll start to do their own fermentation so so i only have so much to co-ferment and it works out to be one to two to three percent depending on the vintage uh, mm -hmm. of how much we can co-ferment uh into the syrah but it's nice though you're right i wish it was more like five to ten percent yeah mm -hmm. and what it does bring in the, this white grape you think well you're gonna but it can overpower the wine in time can it yes so and, that's and, why, you and you don't need that much of it to exactly. make that happen. Yeah. And what it, I think, so so it's this weird thing where you add a white grape while it's fermenting, and you actually get a darker, more heavy wine out from that. It's, it's a weird phenomenon. But what I like about co-fermenting is it adds a floral note to mm -hmm. the that to to the Syrah. 
Is this the Shiraz? That's the Shiraz. Yeah. I haven't tasted this since before we bought it. Well, it's got a little bay leaf note. Yeah, I, I always, in that. This is this the Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what's fun about Syrah? Yeah. Every year it's a little bit different. They never taste the same. Oh yeah. You do everything the same. You know, get your fruit from the same places, farm it in the same way. It always tastes different. Every vintage. Talk. What's that? Syrah? Yeah. Well, especially if you're in the Rhone Valley, which is a beautiful place, you go from north to south. It's a totally different ball game. Talk about uh, Cap Franc. I like your, I mean, we've talked about Cap Franc before, and you gave some pretty good insight on how, well, I love your Cap Franc. I drink it mostly out of what I call big boys, which are magnums. It, it just tastes better. Than yeah. Well, then you should get some three liters and some, maybe even some nine liters. I get it. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like that many people say. You know. <laughs> you know. I never open a three liter because. Yeah. I, hey, not enough people like me. Yeah. You like at my table. Yeah. 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 You can. Yeah. Well, yeah. other than that, my, I don't believe. Other that. other than my brothers, I don't have a lie. Okay. Yeah, but it. But oh, thank you. By the way, PMV is that what you're wearing? Sure uh, yeah. I'm, I'm coming about your hat that you got on. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, Tim took care of me last time I was here. You cool. Know. That's yeah. my guy. I knew. Yeah. That was a really nice thing you did. Was sending him on a nice vacation. What was that for his 25th uh, anniversary? 25 years working here, 20, Tim. Yeah. Been working our tasting room, managing it. He's an amazing guy. I, I love Tim. He always Absolutely. brings just an upbeat vibe, and he cooks lunch for us, and does he just makes okay. it fun yeah. to be here. He's, he's a great, really cool. great guy. Let's talk about Cap Front. Okay. Uh, and you, you gave me an interesting perspective on how to prevent Cap Franc from having that green um, piercing right. type of wow. what, what prevents it's that? More technical over the over well, the years. Well, no, no, I think that uh, a lot of people think piercing. when they drink Cap Franc, that's how that's what they should expect. But there's a right. way not to have those characteristics, right? right? Well, t so so pyrazine is is the chemical that is a natural thing in the grapes that causes kind of a green bell peppery taste and it's always present in all red grapes but in Cab cabernet franc it can shoot up pretty high so pyrazines shoot up right until the grapes change color veration it's called and then pyrazines descend and it, whether they descend down below threshold by the time you harvest that's the question and so what happens in the summertime and why you get that pyrazine flavor that bell peppery taste in say the loire valley wines occasionally mm -hmm. is if if it's wet or you're watering if it's raining in the summertime if the shoots are growing right before veration the pyrazine levels shoot through the roof and and that's well studied now through these university studies and so they, they go up so high they can never come back down again so out here in california we're not raining so the only way you get pyrazine in your cab franc out here is if you're kind of stupidly overwatering your vines right before veration and I'm, I was just looking at a Cabernet Franc block that was still growing, so it's like, yeah. That's yeah. not we, 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 it's, it's about to go through veraison a couple of weeks, so we got to make sure that we're drying it out and not watering it. So, Andy, uh, what are we drinking now? What's yeah, in the red? 2020 Claret. Oh. Claret, and you want to speak? You want to speak to 2020 or 2020? 2020. 2020. Okay, Here you, you go. Wanna, okay. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I just got to clarify this. The fire started on a certain day. Yep. September 30th, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And you guys picked the grapes. Before so that was an the, early, early year for sure. When uh, was one when of the, the, the earlier. Okay, and when just, were the grapes picked? Uh, so all of the Merlot, except one block, was in. So like we had like 90% of our Merlot was in. We only had about half of our cab uh, that we could. And it was an early year. So that's why we other years like this year. We would have had if there's a fire on September 30th this year, there'd be nothing because it was <laughs> we're starting okay. so late, you know. Yeah. But 2020 we started early, and so the, the downside of the 2020, at least on the surface, you, you think initially is what was hanging were our big monster cab grapes wow. that go into our reserve, the big macho high tannin grapes. So those did not go into any of these 2020 reds that we're going to taste. We're going to taste the 2020. Uh, I have 2020 cab. Perfect. 2020 Okay, well, let's taste the VS cab in particular. But what's great about that is the tannins are lower in the 2020 cabs. Mm -hmm. well, well, okay, I'll, I'll get back. The Merlots turned out to be really rich and big. So they're, they're big Merlots in 2020, and the cabs are soft but fruit forward. And it's kind of a fun vintage for that. You know, you got fruit forward, easy, mm -hmm. in your mouth, Cabernet Sauvignon, which isn't always the case, and Merlots, which are usually on the softer, easier side, or actually more serious than they often are. And uh, so, for the listening to audience, yeah, yeah. Uh, your claret is. Tell them what. Tell them. Tell them what claret that means. It's has, old. Yeah, I, I know so what this it claret means. Claret term is just something our old winemaker Bob Foley came up.
remember the but we had 2008 was their cab, and I texted them like, because I got the ones that were there. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Like, I just those like, oh. it, uh, to me, the 8 was drinking better than the Reserve 7. Yeah, in probably my, so. It has opinion. a little more complexity yes, to it, for sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah, More interesting range of flavors and very fruit forward. The 07 was a little monolithic at the beginning in those first five to eight years in bottle, meaning, meaning just kind of big and imposing and where's the nuance and the prettiness. But I, I found over the last five or six years, uh, it's really come on strong. The 07, the 07 has? The 07 is showing wow. the right. I'm going to have to talk. We will be tasting one of those. Oh, okay. So Tim knew you were coming. So he picked out a couple of special wines. I'm not allowed to have an opinion about <laughs> what that is. So true. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. You know, uh, Tim's have sent me some older wines, and I mean, for whatever reason, 20 years, your wines, they still taste fabulous. Oh, man. very nice. Thank 20 you years saying, down yeah. the road. Yeah. I Good think work. I had an 04. Mm. 04 is my favorite vintage. In, for the last 20 years anyway, just just because I like 04. Are you dating yourself or anything? No, I'm not. Not really. Uh, you know. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was born Yeah, no. I was born in a great year, 1961. You ever had 61 Bordeaux? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> Only superseded by the 59s, oh, which is your brother. God. Which is your brother, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the brothers. One of, now, I do have a brother that was born in 59. You're right. That's my oldest brother. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Lovely man, I'm sure. <laughs> you should turn him on to a. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they I think the they, problem is 2000 bucks or something. For I know, a yeah, of it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is. It, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But I did have a, for my birth, this past birthday, I had a 61 um, well, DRC cool. wow. uh, Latas. How did you find one and of those? I'm watching Fort Lauderdale. You need to come down there. Yeah. You did a you did a Zoom with them. I think I did. Yeah, remember and I opened you up. You set that uh, up. I think. Yeah, I set it up. I opened up a cap a magnum of cap front doing uh, your the Zoom exactly. Call I, I, I yeah. do remember mm -hmm. doing that. You come to Wine Watch, man, and uh, put it together. Yeah, I got to get down there, man. You do. Just playing the seat, Steve. I was born in '74. Means that. Next year is my 50th birthday. If you want to partake in drinking, actually, I do have a couple of 74 cabs. They were that was actually a pretty good year for cabs out there. <laughs> that was not a bad year. Yeah, out here in California. We had that there was that stretch 74, 75, 76. Those are all great cabs. All right, all right, Andy. What we got next? Well, I yep. guess that's the 2020 cab. Yes. What so, I have next is I'm gonna do um, uh, an older BS cab and the current release BS cab. Side by side? Side by side. Okay, so you're going to eventually put those in the order that we, yeah. we're we going to taste them at the end of the day, and we want photos. Okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So this 20 I cab, I like, think this is it's pretty cap. It's absolutely. And all. you see how it's, it, there's some little chalky tannins on the end. Yeah. They're very approachable. A very approachable. They got absolutely. some nice fruit kick to them, and the 21s are just, uh, wait until you get a hold of some of those. Did you go... The older vintage to the left, 
Yeah, yeah, let's do it that way. So, hello, Wine World. We're still kept the podcast rolling. We got audience participation. We had pride. No, it was. There would have been some twenty ones that went into the twenties. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, probably ten, fifteen percent, something like that, just to boost it up because we were really pretty low, especially on the cabs. Uh, we needed some of that. And then I was just gonna like pour the old one, and let you taste, and then I was gonna do a vintage. Well, yeah. you you no, you should do that. Why uh, not? Just, I want to make sure we're all. On the same no, page. we're on, no. They're on my page, so we're good. Uh, can I? Uh, just a question. For <laughs> You're on the Thaddeus <laughs> uh, train. They're on my page. I mean, what are the what are the? Can I see this for like a second? That one. Uh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, uh, I have two glasses. I'm good. The way I describe them is sort of the vendor select is 100% cabs, the winemaker deems uh, his favorite vineyard blocks for that vintage, versus the reserve cab are, is 100% cab that comes from what he deems the best. And when he says he, he means Sally. Uh, right, right. But, but also, see, see what, uh, explain to people what part do you play in the winemaking process here, Brian? All, all that stuff, you know, the the protocols of the wine, mm -hmm. you know, how we go about our specific, you, you, you know, you the temperatures the, we ferment at, all that you stuff. You're involved in the blending and the final. Oh, my gosh, the blending, for sure. But uh, so, like, in the 20 and 21 vintages and 22 as well, I made every single harvest decision on the property. Boom, I just was here, so I just did it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the protocols is where I spend most of my time, like, like you know. It's the geeky stuff. It's the technical stuff. Like, 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 no, like, what temperature do you go up to? Is your maximum temperature? You know, he said the price. I do set the price. He only, he only, he only likes coming up when I come here, Steve. You know that for. So anyhow, yeah, but. It's been I I like to think that I collaborate Thaddeus with the with whoever our winemaker is and uh, okay. we no, work together so and we I think yeah, it should I don't, be, yeah. I probably should be less micromanaging and kind of have my fingers in it, but frankly that's where the fun is, is yeah, all the stuff. Yeah, so I like to be involved too. So in the last uh, ten years the best vintages. Ooh, yeah. So uh, if we go back ten, what's I guess? Uh, let's take uh, us to twelve. Yeah, so twelve let's go to forward. twelve forward. So yeah. twelve. What I loved about twelve, even though at the beginning it was a little bit just kind of straightforward and not as flashy as say the 08, With time, it's actually really gotten pretty with time and bottle. Mm -hmm. The 12s are just really pretty. Thirteens. I'm not going to go down through the whole list, although I could. Thirteens were too tannic. Are the, they ready the yet? Are they ready But they are yet? finally showing beautifully. Okay. So all your thirteens, you can start to open. Okay. If, I, if if there's anyone listening to this thing at this point, um, but thirteens uh, are are finally showing. But an example of too much tannin at, at release. Fourteens uh, were just the opposite, maybe a little soft, but with I thought too soft at the beginning, but with time they're showing fantastic. Up and down all the wines, fourteen. I agree with 15s. you. I think I think fourteens are got got misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, I I love our fourteens, fifteens, pretties, sixteen. Very, I love the fifteens. I mean, that was one of my favorite vintages ever. Uh, I it probably isn't my all time favorite though. Fifteen, sixteen. I'm actually liking even more right now than the fifteens. 
So fruit forward, great. 17 got panned by a bunch of critics because of one thing that happened. Is it Labor Day that's early September? Or is that, or is that? Yeah. yeah, early September, that holiday weekend, there was like this pretty big heat wave. And, you know, the, all the critics were like, wow, that really caused the wine, the, the grapes to not ripen properly or something. I don't know. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not going to shoot that down too. But all I know is I think the 17s were pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to go global with these vintages, but yes. No, no, yeah. They were also awesome vintages. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like we had our first hundred point wine come out of South Africa ever. From the 17th. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Who was that? Okay. Then for me, then for me, so 18s and 19s. The problem I had with those is. They just didn't, they weren't flashy with the fruit on our particular wines. Across, up and down the valleys, fantastic. For whatever reason, that's just what happens to grapes on vines that from one vintage to the next. Pretty wines, I mean, they, they had plenty of the nice structure, but they lacked a little showy fruit. And then I've already said 20, 21, 22, all showing that flashy fruit. So anyhow, all right. Okay, right. so Andrew, Andrew, the the one on the the one on the left, I know it's outstanding. Yeah, the one on the right is twenty twenty. Yeah, I know, but uh, the one on the right needs to sit until how many years this one has? You know, the, the, this O nine is fantastic. I, I wish we had the opportunity to pour older wines like this next week, yes. so I because right now I'm pouring the twenty, and I look at somebody and I go, "It's good now, and I hope you enjoy it." But if you wait, yeah. Nexus is salesman. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If I just go, if you wait and show it. Uh, on the left is your 09. The left. Fantastic. 2009, Nexus Light. It's not on here. 2020, Nexus Light. Is the blend similar on both? I mean, I mean so it's 100% cap. 100% cap. Oh, oh, both of them are 100% cap. The only question is which vineyard blocks. And so the one on the right, uh, 2020, all of a lot of the usual culprits that go into this were sitting on the vine still when the fire came across. So we didn't use those grapes. So it's, it's unusual that this one, it's our early ripening. Yeah, it's, but, but it's mainly that, clone 337. The 09 is fantastic. Yeah, 09 is fantastic. This yeah. is the 20, yeah. So, I need to be all nine. I need to be all nine. So you like all the vintages? Ah, every vintage. He owns all the vintages. You know, the only vintage I, I didn't really like ever was the one that gave us a 100-point score, another 100-point, was that 13 vintage, you know? Yeah, it was but, just but, but I, No, but just 13 is going to come around. Oh, it will, for sure. I think 13 is yeah. going to come around. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. It, but 13, in a lot of places, it it went dormant for a while. It just Yeah, I haven't been tasting other people's 13, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've tasted a lot of other ones, and they give me the same thing. They went a little dormant for a while. They got quiet. They went dumb. Yeah. I will. I will piggyback on Steve. Yeah. I hosted um, uh, yeah. the wine buyer of Mashes for 30 years. Okay. And he says his favorite thing about Friday Night Vineyards is that it's vintage 
but there's it's on the list and it's 2017 and the guy who I'm from 2017 he goes in he realizes that the new batch is 18 he walks it over and he can with full confidence say that's going to be a great glass of wine he's never had a, a bottle of pride where he's opened it in a restaurant setting where he's like oh that vintage isn't the same so yeah. so much vintage except the 13. you're five years so Steve he he allegedly, Brian here, has a five-year five rule. That's probably true. That said, that said, like we 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 had a twenty Saraha that is showing when it was, you know, six months in the bottle. It was showing kind of like our twenty-one that we just opened. It was nice, but it was. Now, with that extra year, but less than five years still, it's just so, just amazingly complex and a fruit bomb while still being complex. And I would hate to have to wait five and six years and see some of that fruit fade away because it's so fun and enjoyable right now. Yeah, that was a start. Okay. I would agree. Cabernet is, yeah. Especially five. Because I feel like the orchards are built to last. And so actually five is almost too young. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And 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 these wines, some vintages don't do it at all. Others do. I, I still don't yeah. understand. They can, they do go kind of quiet. They go kind of dumb for a little er, in those early years, and then they finally emerge into what they're going to become. Um, that said, I enjoy tasting them young too, just because it's that evolution is so cool to watch. Uh, if you can, if you if you can afford enough bottles up front, yeah, that's the problem. You got to have plenty of bottles in your cellar to do that. Just in different ways. Yeah, yeah 09's um, showing up really well. 09, yeah. was, 09 was a great, yes. it was a really good year anyway. Really and for us in particular, it was one of our great vintages. Yeah. Another one of those. Yeah. Every so grape was, was killer. Um, so all bottles are for sale. Nice little yeah. there, there so, so like his 09 is definitely not for sale in general. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. For, at the small level, it's coming out of my personal library. If you guys want to buy some, we, we always keep Roughly 50 cases or something of most of these vintages around for the long haul. What is the French price Oh, here we go. Here we go. Whatever Thaddeus gets, we can extend to, to the entourage. That's oh, wow. Are you going to be that generous? Are we usually not generous like that? You're going to be that You're going to be that generous today? I don't know. Jeez, I just assumed we did that in the past. Well, no, you have done that in the past. And you guys should take advantage of when that. When you start bringing in 13, 14 people at a time. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Uh, uh, no, no, let, me, let me finish this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible conversation with the owner of Pride, uh, Steve Pride. Great, great wines, really good juice. And Andy, thanks for hosting us today. And Tim, thanks for setting this up. You guys, check out the podcast on Wine in Black and White coming soon. Cheers. Really good juice. I haven't had it since we bottled this it. Is so. a, Hello. This has been a, a, a real Hello, popular. Wine World. We're at Pride Mountain Vineyards, and we're in, uh, what is this, like the Members Lounge, Andy? Or uh, what we call it? Uh, the Thaddeus Bug Suite. Thaddeus Bug Suite yeah. uh, with the owner, Steve Pride. And then we got a, we got a other cast members around the table. We're going to have an informal uh, podcast here.
and talk about the beautiful wines at Pride Mount Vineyard. Oh, Say, how was the 20, 20 how is the 2023 20, growing season going? This year's growing season, yeah, it's it's an unusual year because we started so late. You know, it, it was the coldest winter ever. Snow. You know, they told us up. I saw snow at your place too, but they told us that probably uh, we were up on a Howe Mountain. They got like three or five inches of snow up there. So oh no, we had more, much more than that. Oh, you there. did? Yeah, more than that. Enough to ski on. I could. I can send you some uh, <laughs> pictures of us skiing and all the tracks left behind in the vineyards uh, from where. That was fun. But the point was, though, it was the coldest, wettest in ages and ages, maybe for sure ever in our 30 years of being up here. So because of that, we started late. It's catching up, you know, things always catch up. You always are worried that it's going to be, oh, we're harvesting in December this year. But it's been a nice summer, good, great growing season. So as always, take it with a grain of salt from the wine grower, dude. But uh you're always enthusiastic that this is the perfect combo of, you know, just a little bit of shattered fruit set, which is often good for quality, meaning not all, not every single berry set, which is a good thing. And uh, just looks good out there. So everything's healthy. Yeah, we got so it. we eliminate 2020. We all know that's fire. So 2021. But, but, but eliminate it. But what, I still think those suite of 20s are as good as anything we've ever made. If you picked before the fire? We did pick everything. Okay. Well, not everything. We picked not, about half of it before the yeah, fire. 60%. So, okay, I got you. And that, uh, and well, some, other unusual people, have, some other people have told me the same thing. They said if you picked before the even, fire, it turned out. Are we going to taste some 20s? Yeah, they already had the 20 Merlots. And yeah. then we're going to do some 20 Claret and 20 uh, Cat. You'll see. You'll see. They're beautiful wines. Okay. They really are. Very good. Okay. Uh, so, so let's go 21, 22. Okay. Do you, you compare them to many other, any other years? Yeah, 22, we had a really bad fruit set, but that boded well okay, for so quality. What does that mean to these so, people? So it just means, you know, grapes self-pollinate, and if weird things are happening, like rain, when the, the grapes flower, mm -hmm. they don't set all their berries, which means you don't get a, t a lot of fruit, Okay. But what you do get tends to be, and I won't get into the technical reasons what goes on. It's kind of interesting. Because but, you but, can, though. What's that? <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, these, these clusters uh, uh -huh. always come out nice in, in that the word that people use when not every berry forms on a grape cluster is shatter. And that happens in the springtime when they, when they pollinate mm -hmm. and not all the berries set. And you get okay. I got you. okay. So okay. so so that happened in 22, but 22 ended up just the flavors are fantastic, mm -hmm. fruit forward. So the common theme that we didn't get as much on 19 that we do have on 20, 21, 22, lots of fruit in the wine, which I like. I like okay. I like a little fruit presence mm -hmm. in the wine. I, it's more fun when it's a little more showy, flashy mm -hmm. when there's some fruit. Showing. 21s. Um, we did use a, a bunch of the 21s uh, within legal limits in the 20s, just because the 20 was so light because half the crop wasn't harvested because of the fire. Um, but uh, we're putting the blends together. We bottled about half the wines and we're about to bottle the other half of the reds. I'm biased. I think they're fantastic, the 21s. They're, they're showy, flashy, beautiful. They have a varietal character. So. I think, and I just put it into a newsletter, 2021, 22, 
probably the best three consecutive vintages we've ever had in terms of just flavor and wine quality, really fun wines. A little softer maybe, not, not maybe the most tannic, go back to 2013, a really tannic vintage. It's just now starting to soften enough to enjoy it. But these 2021, 20, 22 are, are real pretty, right out of the gate showing beautifully. And I think that's good to know because yeah. a lot of people that hear fires, they they tend to shy away from 2020, no matter what. Like, sure. uh, I mean, I mean, it all I depends. Think, yeah. you know, it all depends on where, where you're located at exactly. in a sense and how early you pick, blah, blah, blah. So if the question is, in in grape growing, as far as um, when you when you're looking at the different types of grape varietals, uh, if if someone likes Cabernet, someone likes Cap Franc, which is my favorite, his favorite, his least favorite grape is Petit Verdot. But because at Pride, you guys like Petit Verdot because of what reason? What does it bring? Petit Verdot always brings a little darkness, a little maybe a floral note, great fruit presence, like a dark berry type root, but it goes into our cab just to make the cab a little richer and fuller. Not that it needs a lot of <laughs> more richness and fullness, but uh, yeah. Petit Verdot, if you taste it every single vintage over a long time, for sure some years it's like, we could bottle this, this would be a fantastic wine on its own. Other years it's it's maybe just a little too tannic or just a little too just kind of dark and imposing and on its own maybe lacking a little love and joy but in the blends in the blends beautiful what do you love yeah. about viognier oh viognier just the flavors fact, i mean it's, i think it's andy fun. needs to find a bottle that go find a bottle of viognier there's some back there somewhere we already talked yeah, about that andy we talked about that earlier man <laughs> so here's, here's the problem with viognier for three straight years yeah. 20 21 22 really low yields because of that business of what's going on when the when the grapes are pollinating, Viognier is the first grape out there to start to flower, and we just bad luck, you know. That was when it was raining still in late yeah. spring, early summer. So, twenty three, we actually got a really nice fruit set in the Viognier. It did rain a little bit, but not while Viognier was going. So we're gonna have plenty of twenty three. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other question yeah. I wanted to go yeah. get to: Why are grape vines so resilient in a sense that you can have fires all over and then the next year it might be bad one year but then the next year the grapes turn out perfectly fine. sure yeah so tell people yeah. why that why that happens well like with fire in particular so we had our fi the fire came right over the top of this because of our fire truck and other fire trucks that were up here we, the buildings didn't catch on fire we didn't burn up but the but the forest burned right up to the vineyards and you think, okay, that's really gonna hurt the grapevines. And, and a couple of vines right close to where the fire was the hottest, they died. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, when the fire hit, there was green leaves all over. Some of the, you know, with every row that you got away from where the fire was, you know, the first maybe row burned, the, not burned, but it, 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 it dehydrated or something. Yes. The leaves went away. Mm -hmm. And then the next row in a little less. And then by the time you're three rows out, they just weren't phased at all. And uh, so, uh, so anyhow, uh, they're there a great fire break. Is, is there a reason for that? Is it because of the moisture? They're filled with water. They, you know? they, yeah, they're filled with water. They're filled with water. They're pretty wet. There's mm -hmm. some 
you know, sparks would land in the vineyards. You could see where like little fires started and then put themselves out without us putting them out. Okay. But but none of the vines actually, you know, a spark, a cinder, never landed on a vine and the vine caught on fire. There, there's a movie, I forget what it was called, <laughs> where all the vineyards catch on fire. And, and you look at that and you say, that that would never happen. <laughs> Total Hollywood thing. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, okay. Total hokey love story thing. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's so you, yeah. You have a you have a change at winemaker. My yeah. friend Sal. My I know you, you were yeah, friends. Sally, 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 fantastic. Yeah, I'm still you know, I, fantastic. Yeah. You know, Sally and I had a great run. Fifteen years making wines, wow. doing all these changes. Mm-hmm. We tried over that tenure to 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 tone down kind of the over-the-top ripeness and, and maybe do what we can to calm the tenants down a little bit that we get so much of up here. And I think we were successful. The wines are just a little... I think you made outstanding. Yeah. What, you, well, got, you had two 100-point wines out sure, of her run, yeah. right? Yeah. You guys run, yeah. And even the vintages outside of those, mm-hmm. I thought were sometimes even prettier than oh, you know, what the critics thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it was great. I, yeah. And Sally, God bless her, she wanted to go try something new after 15 years. Yeah. That I, encouraged her to do so and so and then our new guy yeah talk to me about matt Matt. ward yeah so he was a winemaker he's late 30s type age uh Mm -hmm. if you haven't met him probably you probably have not met him yet yeah so he was one of the three associate winemakers at atelier melka so is that Philippe? That's Melka? Philippe Melka, yeah. who makes all these different yeah, wines. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've, yeah. I've known him for a, for quite a while. Also. And by the way, so it's really interesting that that, that well, Philippe Melka. makes big, powerful, over the top oh, wines. You know that? The, I no, mean, no, you, no, you know. no. But wait, so there's forty or fifty wineries that they make wines for, <laughs> and they'll make the wine that their client wants to make. So the most famous ones that get the hundred point scores, yeah, they tend to be like that, and they'll make that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then other owners, other they're all smallish wineries, okay. by the way. That he makes the number are very big, but other other wineries will say, "Hey, no, I want more some more European lean thing," and and they'll make it in that style too. And that's where I'm getting at. So Matt, as one of the associate winemakers for five years in a row, got to make the wines from start to finish on like 40 different wineries in a whole range of styles and a whole bunch of different custom crush facilities. So where I'm getting at is he got so much he, he received so much wine experience packed into like five six years it, it's really a cool place to learn if you go to work at a really famous single winery and you make wine for five years you're going to kind of have five years of similar experience you're going to have you could even argue you know one year of experience repeated five times if you're if you're not trying to be careful well well matt got like i don't know 40 years of experience in every vintage, it seemed like. So. This is only your third winemaker, what, in 40 years? Yeah. yeah. 30, 32 30 years. 30-something, yeah. 32 years. Yeah. We're 30. Pretty good. Okay, we're drinking the Viognier. Cool. I'll taste that. Um, do so, you, so do you, you taste it very often. What's that now? Thanks. How good is that? 20... 2022. Okay. 22 is a little more subdued than maybe we would have liked, but I, I still really think it's pretty. Uh, uh, the 21 was my all-time favorite. And uh, 
what what inspired you or your dad or whatever that you guys wanted to plant Viognier? Because I mean, you, you don't you didn't have to do it. So simple. Um, I married a French lady. <laughs> we got married. We got married in Bone in France. Bone. Yeah. And and <laughs> after the marriage, in mm -hmm. the marriage was I should remember that. Ninety one. I think I got that right. Ninety one, ninety two. Well, you, you uh, can help. <laughs> after the marriage, uh -huh. Dad just took a trip with. I think he had a friend with him, and my mom and someone else was on the floor. And they went down the Rhone Valley, mm -hmm. and they stopped in Condrieu and Condru, had uh, lunch and yeah. tasted some Viognier's. Uh -huh. And he's like, "Wow, you know, I just bought this winery, this property. <laughs> yeah, I want to make this as a white wine. No mm -hmm. one's making. I've never tasted anything like that. So that's why in '92, I guess it was '92 for sure, was when uh, some really old disease cab. Sauvignon vines were pulled out and you planted some uh, Viognier in and we've been growing it ever since. Very good. Very good. So that was that was the origin. Yeah. So I know you make Syrah also. From I mean, sure. from, are you? Well, Syrah are you, is the are, one the one that I and, and uh, we do a, also a Chardonnay where we purchase the fruit from the Cardinalis yeah, area. Yes. Uh, we do also a Chardonnay from our properties. Vintner Select versus mm -hmm. Napa Chardonnay. But uh, Syrah's one where over the years, some vintages, the Syrah off the property was just really complex and delicious the way I like it with you know, peppery notes and all the fun thing about Syrah. And then others, it was just this big monolithic fruit bomb. And so I said, I wanted to have a more consistently complex Syrah. So about, roughly about 50% of our Syrah grapes now are from purchased cool climate sites around Sonoma County to have a more consistent complexity in, in the Syrah. So, so we, that's, you know, the one grape that I, I decided to purchase from outside and we've got five different vineyards we buy from. And then the other half is our property, which brings the big mountain darkness and fruit Have character. you done any experiment with adding a touch of Viognier to the Sure, Syrah? yeah, from, from a long time, yeah. Yeah, Has the problem is, it's, so, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're Andy, the problem is having enough Viognier exactly. to go from all course, the lots. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so there's always this gorgeous Viognier and at the bottom of the vineyard where it's a little cooler and, and a little behind the upper part of this vineyard, I rope off a little section of it every year that we can then bring, because the Viognier will get ripe first and the Syrah will get ripe later. And you can't just harvest the Viognier and let it sit around, you know, as pick clusters, they'll, they'll start to do their own fermentation. So, so I only have so much to co-ferment and it works out to be one to two to three percent, depending on the vintage uh, mm -hmm. of how much we can co-ferment uh, into the Syrah. But it's nice though, you're right. I wish it was more like five to 10 percent. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what it does, bringing in the, this white grape, you think, wow, well, you're going to... But it can overpower the wine in time, can it? Yes. And you don't need that much of it exactly. to make that happen. And what it, I think, so, so it's this weird thing where you add a white grape while it's fermenting and you actually get a darker, more heavy wine out from that. It's, it's a weird phenomenon. But what I like about co-fermenting is it adds a floral note to mm -hmm. the... That, to, to the Syrah. Is this the Syrah? That's the Syrah. Yeah. I haven't tasted this since I'm before we bottled. Uh, well, it's got a little bay leaf note. Yeah, the same I, I always, note in that. This is this the Syrah? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So what's what fun taking? about Syrah? Yeah. Every year it's a little bit different. They never taste the same. Oh yeah. You do everything the same. You know, get your fruit from the same places, farm it in the same way. It always tastes different. Every vintage. Talk. What's that? Syrah? Yeah. Well, especially if you're in the Rowan Valley, which is a beautiful place, you go from north to south. It's a totally different ball game. Talk about uh, Cap Franc. I like your, I mean, we've talked about Cap Franc before, and you gave some pretty good insight on how, well, I love your Cap Franc. I drink it mostly out of what I call big boys for the switch of magnums. It, it just tastes better. Yeah. Well, then you should get some three liters and some, maybe even some nine liters. I get it. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like that many people say. You know. <laughs> you know. I never open a three liter because. Yeah. I think not enough people like me. Yeah. You like at my table. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Well, yeah. other than that, my, I don't believe. Other that. other than my brothers, I don't have a lie. Okay. Yeah, but it. But oh, thank you. By the way, PMV is that what you're wearing? Sure uh, had, yeah. I'm, I'm coming about your hat that you got on. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, Tim took care of me last time I was here. You cool. Know. That's yeah. my guy. And you. Yeah. That was a really nice thing you did. Was sending him on a nice vacation. What was that for his 25th uh, anniversary? 25 or years working here, 20, Tim. Yeah. Been working our tasting room, managing it. He's an amazing guy. I, I love Tim. He always Absolutely. brings just an upbeat vibe, and he cooks lunch for us. And does it just okay. makes it fun yeah. to be here. He's, he's a great, really cool. great guy. Let's talk about Cap Front. Okay. Uh, and, and you you gave me an interesting perspective on how to prevent Cap Front from having that green um, piercing right. type of wow. what what prevents he's that? More technical over the over well, the years. Well, no, no. I think that uh, a lot of people think piercing. when they drink Cap Front, that's how that's what they should expect, but. There's a right. way not to have those characteristics, right? right? Well, so so pyrazine is is the chemical that is a natural thing in the grapes that causes kind of a green bell peppery taste, and it's always present in all red grapes. But in Cab Cabernet Franc, it can shoot up pretty high. So pyrazine shoot up right until the grapes change color, veraison it's called, and then pyrazines descend. And it, whether they descend down below threshold by the time you harvest. That's the question. And so what happens in the summertime and why you get that pyrazine flavor, that bell peppery taste in say the Loire Valley wines occasionally, mm -hmm. is if if it's wet or you're watering, if it's raining in the summertime, if the shoots are growing right before verasion, the pyrazine levels shoot through the roof. And, and that's well studied mm -hmm. now through these university studies. And so they, they go up so high they can never come back down again. So. Out here in California, we're not raining, so the only way you get pyrazine in your Cab Franc out here is if you're kind of stupidly overwatering your vines right before verasion. And I'm, I was just looking at a Cabernet Franc block that was still growing, so it's like, yeah. That's not we, 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 it's, it's about to go through verasion in a couple of weeks, so we got to make sure that we're drying it out and not watering it. So Andy, uh, what are we drinking now? What's yeah, in the rip? Oh, Claret, and you want to speak? You want to speak to 2020 or 2020? 2020. Here okay, you are. Okay. Um, oh, but I, I just gotta clarify this. The fire started on a certain day. Yep. September 30th, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And you guys picked the grapes. Before so that was an early, early year for sure. When uh, was one when of the, the earlier? Okay, when were the grapes picked? Uh, so all of the Merlot. 
except one block was in. So like we had like 90% of our Merlot was in. We only had about half of our cab uh, that we could, and it was an early year. So that's why we, other years like this year, we would have had, if there's a fire on September 30th this year, there'd be nothing because it was, <laughs> we're starting good. so late, you know. Yeah. But 2020, we started early. And so the, the downside of the 2020, at least on the surface, you, the, you think initially is what was hanging were our big monster cab grapes that go into our reserve, the big macho high tannin grapes. So those did not go into any of these 2020 reds that we're going to taste. We're going to taste the 2020, uh, 2020 cab. Perfect. 2020 DS cab. Okay, well, let's taste the VS cab in particular. But what's great about that is the tannins are lower in the 2020 cabs. Mm hmm. Well, well, okay, I'll, I'll get back. The Merlots turned out to be really rich and big. So they're, they're big Merlots in 2020, and the cabs are soft but fruit forward. And it's kind of a fun vintage for that. You know, you got fruit forward, easy, mm -hmm. in your mouth, Cabernet Sauvignon, which isn't always the case, and Merlots, which are usually on the softer, easier side, or actually more serious than they often are. And uh, so, for the listening audience, yeah, yeah. Uh, your claret is. Tell them what. Tell them. Tell them what claret that means. It's has, old. Yeah, I, I know so what this it means. claret term is just something our old winemaker Bob Foley came up.
I remember I had, uh, I don't remember the case was, but we had 2008 was their dad, uh, and I, I, I texted him, like, I, I got a little something. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm. Amazing. Like, it, uh, to me, the eight was drinking better than the reserve seven. Yeah, in probably my, so. It has opinion. a little more complexity yes, to it, for yes, sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah, more interesting range of flavors and very fruit forward. The 07 was a little monolithic at the beginning in those first five to eight years in bottle, meaning, meaning just kind of big and imposing and where's the nuance and the prettiness. But I I found over the last five or six years, uh, it's really come on strong. The 07, the 07 has? The 07 is showing the growth. Right. I'm going to have to talk. We'll be tasting one of those. Oh, okay. So Tim knew you were coming, so he picked out a couple of special ones. I'm not allowed to have an opinion about that. <laughs> and what that That's is. So true. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. You know, uh, Tim's have sent me some older wines, and I mean, for whatever reason, 20 years, your wines, they still taste fabulous. Oh, man. very nice. Thank 20 you. years down the road. Yeah. I Good think work. I had an 04. 04 is my favorite vintage. In, for the last 20 years anyway, just just because I like 04. Are you dating yourself or anything? No, I'm not. Not really. Yeah, no. He was... Yeah. I was born in a great year, 1961. You ever had 61 Bordeaux? Oh my gosh, yeah. They're the best. Only superseded by the 59s, oh. which is your brother. Which is your brother, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the brothers. One of, now I do have a, I do have a brother that was born in '59. You're right. That's my oldest brother. Yeah. yeah. Man. Lovely man, I'm sure. <laughs> you should turn him on to a, yeah. A, a, a yeah more they other the problem is two thousand bucks or something. Yeah, I know, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is it, absolutely yeah. yeah. But I did have a for my birth this past birthday. I had a '61. Um, well, DRC cool. wow. uh, Latas. How did you find one and of those? Wine watch in Fort Lauderdale. You need to come down there. Yeah. You did a you did a Zoom with them. I think I did. Yeah. Remember, and I opened you up. You set that a, up. I think. Yeah, I set it up. I opened up a cap a magnum of cap front doing uh, your the Zoom exactly. call. Exactly. I, I yeah. do remember doing that. You come to Wine Watch, man, and uh, put it together. Yeah, I got to get down there, man. You do. Just playing the seat, Steve. I was born in '74. Is that? Next year is my 50th birthday. If you want to participate in Actually, I do have a couple of 74 cabs. They were that was actually a pretty good year for cabs out there. <laughs> that was not a bad year. Yeah, out here in California. There was that stretch 74, 75, 76. Those are all great cabs. All right, all right, Andy. What we got next? Well, okay, yep. That's the 2020 cab. Yes. What so, I have next is I'm going to do um, uh, an older BS cab and the current release BS cab. Side by side. Side by side. Okay, so, so you're gonna. Eventually, put those in the order that we yeah. we're gonna taste them at the end of the day, and we want photos. Okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So this twenty, I don't cab, I like think this is it's pretty. Fantastic. It's absolutely. Wrong with that and all. you see how it's it, there's some little chalky tannins on the end. Yeah, they're very approachable. A very approachable. They got some nice fruit kick to them, and the twenty ones are just uh, wait until you get a hold of some of those. Did you go? Know, 
the older vintage to the left. Yeah, let's do it that way. So, hello, Wine World. We're still get the podcast rolling. We got audience participation. We had pride. No, it was it would have been some twenty ones that went into the twenties. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, probably ten, fifteen percent, something like that, just to boost it up because we were really pretty low, especially on the cabs. Uh, we needed some of that. And then I was just gonna like pour the old one, let you taste, and then I was gonna vintage. Well, yeah. you you no, you should do that. Why uh, not? I want to make sure we're all. No, we're on, no, they're on my page, so we're good. Uh, can I? Uh, Jeez. Just a question. <laughs> You're on the Thaddeus uh, train. Yeah. They're on my page. I mean, what are the what are the? Can I see this for that second? That one. Uh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I have two glasses. I'm good. good. The way I describe them is sort of the vendor select is 100% cabs, the winemaker deems uh, his favorite vineyard blocks for that vintage, versus the reserve cab or is 100% cab that comes from what he deems the best. And when he says he, he means Sally. Uh, right, right. But but also, see, see what uh, explain to people what part do you play in the wine making process here, Brian? All, all that stuff, you know, the the protocols of the wine, mm-hmm. you know, how we go about our specific, you, you, you know, the temperatures the, we ferment at, all that you stuff. You involved in the blending and the final. Oh my gosh, the blending for sure. But uh, so, like in the twenty and twenty one vintages and twenty two as well, I made every single harvest decision on the property. Boom! I just was here, so I just did it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the protocols is where I spend most of my time. Like, like you know. It's the geeky stuff. It's the technical stuff. Like, 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 no, like, what temperature do you go up to? Is your maximum temperature? You know, he said the price. No, I don't try the price. <laughs> hey, Steve, I do set the price. Steve, he only, he only, he only likes coming up I when never, I come here, Steve. You I know that for. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, but. It's been I I'd like to think that I collaborate Thaddeus with the with whoever our one maker is and uh, okay. we no, work together so and we I think yeah, I don't be, yeah. I probably should be less micromanaging and kinda have my fingers in it, but frankly that's where the fun is, is yeah, all the stuff. Yeah, so I like to be involved too. So in the last uh, ten years the best vintages. Ooh, yeah. So uh, if we go back ten, what's I guess? Uh, Let's uh, take us to twelve. Yeah, so twelve Let's go to forward. twelve forward. So yeah. twelve. What I loved about twelve, even though at the beginning it was a little bit just kind of straightforward and not as flashy as say the 08, With time, it's actually really gotten pretty with time and bottle. Mm-hmm. The twelves are just really pretty. Thirteens. I'm not going to go down through the whole list, although I could. Thirteens were too tannic. Are the, they ready yet? Are they ready? But they are yet? finally showing beautifully. Okay. So all your thirteens, you can start to open. Okay. If I, if there's anyone listening to this thing at this point, um, but thirteens uh, are are finally showing. But an example of too much tannin at, at release. Fourteens uh, were just the opposite, maybe a little soft, but with I thought too soft at the beginning, but with time they're showing fantastic. Up and down, all the wines. Fourteen. I agree with 15, you. I think. I think 14s are got got misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved our 14s, 15s, mm-hmm. pretties, 16. Very, I loved the 15s. I mean, that was one of my favorite vintages ever. Uh, 
I it probably isn't my all-time favorite though 15 16 I'm actually liking even more right now than the 15s so fruit forward great 17 got panned by a bunch of critics because of one thing that happened is it Labor Day that's early September or is that or is that yeah early September that holiday weekend there was like this pretty big heat wave and you know the, all the critics were like wow that really caused the wine the, the grapes to not ripen properly or something I don't know you know I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna shoot that down too but all I know is I think the 17s are pretty yeah <laughs> yeah well, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to go global with these right. vintages, no, but yes. Yeah, so. no, but, but no, no, yeah. They were also awesome vintages. Sure. Africa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we had our first hundred point wine come out of South Africa ever. From right. the 17th. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, which one? Who was that? Yeah, Okay. Oh, uh, and you, for me, then you, for me, so 18s and 19s. The problem I had with those is they just didn't. They weren't flashy with the fruit on our particular wines across up and down the valleys. Fantastic, for whatever reason. That's just what happens to grapes on vines that from one vintage to the next. Pretty wines. I mean, they, they, they had plenty of the nice structure, but they lacked a little showy fruit. And then I've already said 20, 21, 22. All showing that flashy fruit. So anyhow, all right. Okay. So Andrew, Andrew, the the one on the the one on the left. I know it's outstanding. Yeah. The one on the right is twenty twenty. Yeah, I know, but uh, the one on the right needs to sit until how many years this one has. You know, it's the, the, this 09 is fantastic. I, I wish we had the opportunity to pour older wines like this next week yes. so I can. Because right now I'm pouring the 20, and I look at somebody and I go, it's good now, and I hope you enjoy it. But if you wait, yeah. the Nexus is salesman. Yeah, absolutely, up. absolutely. If I just go, if you wait and show it. Uh, on the left is your 09. The left. Fantastic. 2009, it takes away. It's not 2020, it takes away. Are, are, is the blend... The blend similar on both. I mean, I mean so it's 100 cap, 100 cap. It's oh, only, oh, both of them are 100 cap. The only question is which vineyard blocks. And so the one on the uh, right, 2020, all of <laughs> a lot of the usual culprits that go into this were sitting on the vine still when the fire came across, so we didn't use those grapes. So it's it's unusual that this one it's our early ripening. Yeah, it's, but, it's but mainly that, clone three three seven. The O nine is fantastic. Yeah, O nine is fantastic. This yeah. is the twenty one. Yeah. I need the O nine. I got it. I got it. So you like all the vintages? Ah, every vintage. He owns. He all owns the all of the vintages. You know, the only vintage I I didn't really like ever was. The one that gave us a 100-point score, another 100-point, was that 13 vintage, you know? Yeah, it was but, just but, but I, No, but 13's going to come around. Oh, it will, for sure. I think 13's going to come around. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, it, but 13, in a lot of places, it it went dormant for a while. It just Yeah, I haven't been tasting other people's 13, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've tasted a lot of other ones, and they give me the same thing. They went a little dormant for a while. They got quiet. They went dumb. 
Yeah. I will I will piggyback on Steve. I hosted um, uh, the wine fire of Massachusetts for 30 years. Okay. And he says his favorite thing about Friday Night Majors is that it's instant food. But there's it's on the list and it's 2017 and the guy who I from 2017. He goes in, he realizes that the new batch is 18, he walks it over. And he can, with full confidence, say that's going to be a great glass of wine. He's never had a, a bottle of pride where he's opened it in a restaurant setting where he's like, "Oh, that vintage is the same." So, yeah. so much pride, except, except the thirteen. <laughs> what well, you're, you're so five years. So, Steve, he he allegedly Brian here has a five-year five rule. That's probably true. That said, that said, like <laughs> we, we we had a twenty Saraha that is showing when it was you know six months in the bottle. It was showing kind of like our twenty one that we just opened. It was nice, but it was now with that extra year, but less than five years still. It's just so just amazingly complex and. A fruit bomb while still being up like, and I would hate to have to wait five and six years and see some of that fruit fade away because it's so fun and enjoyable right now. Yeah, that was a short. Okay, I would agree. Cavern is yeah. especially five because I feel like for sure the orchards are built to last, and so actually five is almost too young. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And 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 these wines. Some vintages don't do it at all. Others do. I, I still don't yeah. understand. They can, they do go kind of quiet. They go kind of dumb for a little er, in those early years, and then they finally emerge into what they're going to become. Um, that said, I enjoy tasting them young too, just because it's that evolution is so cool to watch. Uh, if you can, if you if you can afford enough bottles up front, yeah, that's the problem. You got to have plenty of bottles in your cellar to do that. Just in different ways. Yeah, oh nine um, showing up really well. Oh yeah. nine was oh nine was a great yes. it was a really good year. And for us in particular, it was one of our great vintages. Yeah, another one of those. Yeah. Every grape was killer. Uh, all bottles are for sale. Yeah. So so like his 09 is definitely not for sale in general. But for at the small level, it's coming out of my personal library. If you guys want to buy some, we we always keep Roughly 50 cases or something of most of these vintages around for the long haul. What is the French price plan on? Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> no, here we go. Whatever Thaddeus gets, we can extend to, okay. to the entourage. That's oh, wow. Are you going to be that no, generous? Is it, are we usually wow. not generous like that? You're going to be that generous today? I don't know. Jeez, I just assumed we did that in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, no, you have done that in the past. And you guys now, should take advantage of that. When you start bringing in 13, 14 people at a time. Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, no, no, let me let me finish this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible conversation with the owner of Pride, uh, Steve Pride. Great, great wines, really good juice. And Andy, thanks for hosting us today. And Tim, thanks for setting this up. You guys, check out the podcast on wine and black and white coming soon. Cheers, really good juice.